everybody, and welcome to the Tea with Grandma. My name is Chris. I'll be one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my best friend Emma. What's up, y'all? Today we have an episode about me trying to do my absolute best in sharing the knowledge that I have in my brain with the world, because there's a lot of knowledge up there. It's not about anything helpful. But it's there. He just got a big old noggin. That's why his hair is so big. It's full of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Just full of all sorts of random useful facts. So today we're just going to figure out, you know, which facts are uh, super not useful. And then (laughs) which ones are like cute, useful, all that fun stuff. But before we get started, you know, we have our tea checks. So Emma, what tea did you bring today? I brought... A tea that was given to me by a coworker. It's the Moringa Organic Superfood Tea. It is not good. <laughs> it, tastes, <laughs> it tastes like superfood. Let me just go with that. I think it would have been good had I put some honey in it, but I left it plain and I'm not sure how I feel about it. What are you drinking today, Chris? I have a Strawberry Meadows Green Tea, and this one is from the Spice and Tea Exchange in the Stockyards here in Fort Worth, and I got it as the iced tea option, and I think I would have to give it a solid four out of five stars. I had it, you know, unsweetened, because I like to try teas for the first time, unsweetened, and so I definitely think like a little dash of honey, maybe some stevia would have really taken it to that five star, but it's a really good, light, refreshing green tea at its base. Hmm, that sounds delicious. I love it. Had you started that with superfood, I would have told you that that tea was going to be not good. Oh, I just like, it had so much... It had so much potential. Okay, you know what? They're on the Twitter, so I'm going to tweet them. Be like, what the F? What do I need to add to this to make it good? But then they're going to tell me nothing because it's a superfood. It's a superfood. It's already Uh, perfect. Okay. Well, moving on from that. So at time of release, it'll be Christopher's. Am I allowed to tell people how old you're going to be? Sure. What if, wait, what if someone like hacks me because they know what my birthday (gasps) is? I won't tell them your exact birthday. I'll just tell them how old you're turning. (laughs) Great. Sounds wonderful. It'll be Christopher's birthday. So it'll be the week of Christopher's birth week, starting the birth month of our favorite co-host, Christopher. So because Chris has lots of different knowledge in his head that I always get really surprised when he talks about things because I'm like, how do you know so much about this odd, which to me seems odd, like it's an oddly specific niche of facts. So today we're going to play fake news or nah. And Chris is going to have one minute to convince me that he knows something about this topic. Okay? So I have a spinner wheel going. There's 18 topics on it. Let's see how many we can get through. Are you ready, Christopher? I think so. Your first topic, Christopher. You have one minute to convince me that you know enough about cage-free eggs. Go. Oh my gosh. Cage-free eggs are very expensive, first and foremost actually very it's like one of those like organic brown cage-free eggs it's a specialty egg but it has to do with the way that chicken was raised not it has actually very little to do with the egg itself in that like commercially produced eggs are produced by chickens that are like stuffed in these little itty bitty tiny coops and their whole life existence is just to like 
lay egg after egg after egg after egg until they die. And then they get turned into chicken breast. And then, and so cage-free just means that the chickens got to run around on a farm and do more chicken stuff. But honestly, I don't know. It's still like, they're still commercially produced. So it's not like happy tree farms. Like, yay, the chickens are super happy. It's still a commercial chicken, but it's cage-free. Okay. So, other than the chickens getting turned into chicken breasts, which I was like, hold on, I thought we were talking about the eggs. I didn't realize we were going through the whole production. I'm going to say that that was, you actually do know about cage-free eggs. Yeah, that was all real. Yes, okay. Those are all true facts. Cage-free eggs have nothing to do with the eggs. Ah, ah. So then what's the difference? It's an egg. Could you tell me the difference between, like, cage-free versus, like, because I feel like with salmon, you know, they have it in, like, all the different farming. Could you, do you also have knowledge on that? That's not your question. On salmon farming? Yeah. No, like, not on salmon farming, but like on the equivalent to eggs. <laughs> what do you, because you don't eat salmon eggs, you eat salmon. No, you know, like how you have cage-free eggs and then uh-huh. like in salmon farming, you have like the ones that can like freely swim. So that's uh-huh. the one that you're talking about on the range. But then you have like the ones that are like free-free and then you just kind of like collect things from it. Yeah. Like a wild salmon? Yeah. So they have wild-, wild chickens? No, there's not a wild chickens. Wild chickens are dumb. They can't survive in the wild. No, and they can't fly. No, you can't just leave a chicken out here. Foxes and coyotes. <laughs> Buffet. <laughs> no, there's no wild chickens okay. in America. I don't. I don't know. Okay, moving on. So your next topic. I already spun the wheel while you're telling me about this. Is one minute conservation harmful or helpful? So conservation typically refers to like the different levels of animal species endangeredism. And so you have the ones that are like critically endangered and then you have like kind of endangered, like mildly endangered. And then there's typically a range in between there. And then you have the ones that aren't endangered at all. In fact, sometimes they're pests. So conservation typically has to do with you're trying, you're the ones that are like mildly endangered. You're trying to like, make sure that they don't go from mildly endangered to, oh my God, there's three left. What are we going to? Because <laughs> once they get to there, you're not you're not doing conservation efforts anymore because at that point, that's just making sure that three live. You're doing restoration efforts. So conservation is really just about making sure that the ones that are alive keep alive. And then hopefully they rebound a little bit so that they move out of the yellow into the green and they're back to normal. Okay, but you didn't say if it's harmful or helpful. I mean, it's subjective. Depends on what you're trying to save, you know? So, scientist teach, science teacher to science teacher, I'm going to say that that was also real news. Mm-mm, I know things. Maybe not in the right, right terms, but I know things. You said endangerism. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Which I was like, oh, you don't know anything about conserving, conservation. <laughs> and then you kept going. So, I was like, oh, okay, maybe he knows a little bit. <laughs> and dangerism is a word now (laughs) if i see i'm about to give out an assessment on that and if i see any of my kids write in dangerism i would be like where'd you get that from cite your source (laughs) and if it was christopher smith right i'm gonna say ner that's a ner for me (laughs) okay your next topic is scientists who did not get their flowers due to having their work stolen from them one minute go So, this typically happens to women in the science field. For example, Watson and Crick, the DNA people, stole like all of their research from a lady. And then there are definitely times where, 
I don't know. She was a lady, though. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> That's my point. I don't know, but I know that there was a lady and they stole it from her. And then that also happens to, or like a lack of credit is given to other people of color, specifically in America, black people who are used to develop a lot of scientific medical practices or just develop a lot of inventions that we don't hear about things that you like probably if i was like oh who invented that you'd probably think it was a white man and it wasn't it was not a white man at all that's the topic i mean everything you said was fact so i'm gonna say yes you do know about this topic boom look at that i feel like okay i feel like this is not fair anymore because so far we're three for three (laughs) I'm just saying, I ain't seen none of these topics, though. You're just throwing I them know, out here. I know, you're right. I'm just catching them. And throwing it up and juggling. <laughs> now, do you know that lady name? Yes, Rosalind Franklin. Ah, that makes sense. But you're right. Ladies, and then and then not only that, but like specifically like women of color are always, especially black women, are never given their flowers in science. Like, why we got a Hidden Figures movie? But I know everything about Galileo. I don't understand. Okay, your next topic for one minute. Thread counts. Go. Thread counts relates to the quality of sheets and bedding. And typically, the higher the thread count, the better, more luxurious and soft the linen is. But it uh, it can't just be the thread counts. You also have to think about the quality of the cotton that was used. So different cottons have different qualities. And so there are some cottons that are really good at temperature regulation. There are some cottons that are really good at cooling and some that retain a lot of heat. So there's things like sateen and supina, supima, supina. And then you just have like the jersey, which is just like a normal, like think like t-shirt type cotton. And so when you combine all of these different thread counts and cotton qualities, you can find actually like sheets that fit where you live and your sleep temperature, and it can help regulate your sleep temperature so that you're not uncomfortable during different seasons. Supina sounded um, fake. <laughs> Supina. <laughs> It sounded like something that you that you give people, like you serve them the subpoena. <laughs> so I was like, that doesn't sound real, but Jersey I know is real. So Oh, per kale, that's a one. That's one. Is Egyptian cotton one of them? I think <laughs> technically. Egyptian cotton. Okay, I've actually like been shopping with you while you were looking at thread counts and I've been confused, but you were like, ah, this is the one I want. And then we saw how expensive it gets as you get higher in the thread count. So I'm gonna say yes, you do mm-hmm. know about. And I don't but I don't know about the subpoena. Did you make that up? No, that's a real word. Look it up. Confirmed right now. I know it's real. It's literally like per kale, supina, supi. I can't say it. I know how to, I know it exists though. And they have different, they're different softnesses and they have to do with temperature regulations. Softnesses. Softnesses. You're, while I fact check you on supina, (laughs) (laughs) your next topic is the history of memes. Ready and go. Okay, so memes at a base level are those like weird little illustrations and pictures that you get that like are making fun of other people or topics and things. And it typically has to do with like a common joke that we have. So like examples would be like the weird face, the guy who's like making the sad face because bad things keep happening to him. And then there was also the one where the girl was like sticking her hand out by her neck. She like made a funny picture and she's like, what is happening here? And so memes got their start on a, I believe, 
on a social media network called 4chan, which is like a really weird social media network. And then it kind of expanded to like Reddit and Twitter. And now you have memes everywhere. In fact, I remember in middle school and high school, there were whole apps on your phone that were just memes. And you could just go through and upvote all of these different memes, memes, I think it was called like iFunny or something like that. And you would just go through and like vote on all of these different memes and decide which ones were funny and which ones were stupid. I was personally a fan of 9gag, but mm. yes. That was like advanced memeing though. True. It's also called Supima with an M, everyone. Not subpoena, like you're about to get served a subpoena to come into court. They are about to So subpoena. it exists? It exists. You are correct. Mm-hmm. But it's a lower count. It's a 400 thread count. Okay, so back to the history of memes. I'll accept it. I'll accept it as common knowledge. Is that is that in your wheelhouse? Is that one of your compartments is the memes? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I made that all up. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where memes came from. Well, I guess you didn't really talk about the history of it. You talked about what it is. Okay, moving into the next topic. Uh, Because it is technically your birthday episode, and you are the Crispert of this episode, what are some different birthday traditions around the world? Your time starts now. Okay, so birthday, passage of time related to your date of birth. And I know that in China, you are actually born one years old. So your birth date starts in China. So when you're born, you're one. And then all of your birthdays after that are essentially like adding on to that one year. And so that time that you're spent like being created counts as a year for you. And then in America, it is all about eating as many cakes as possible. All the cakes, your favorite cakes, cheesecake, ice cream cake. The most basic one is like white white cake, sometimes with funfetti. And then sometimes for people's birthdays, they hit things like pinatas, and that is filled with candy, and you just hit the pinata until it breaks, or until you hit someone in the groin, and then the game is over because you missed. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how you celebrate a birthday. Around the world. Mm, that's at least three locations. You said two. The pinata you didn't even mention where it came from. <laughs> you know, it's just culturally relevant, potentially. Maybe. I'm going to say you were like halfing on that one. You did not know. I definitely knew about you being born one years old in China. Okay. I haven't heard about the China one. I know that's how it is in Korea, though. I just know that in places in the world, you're born one years old. Okay. It's a real thing. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like Sweet 16. Oh, that could have worked. Quinceañeras. Bot and bar mitzvahs. Don't know the difference between those things. 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is your next one. Because Christopher is has lots of knowledge about athletics. So, for your next topic, I would like you to talk about boxing moves and strategies for winning. You may start now. Okay. Boxing. The One of the ways that you don't want to lose is by moving. So, you want to be light on your toes. Bob and weave, bob and weave, you know, move it around. And then you want to keep your arms at a certain angle because you don't want people to be in your box. You have to maintain a box. And then if people get in your box, you get KO'd because they'll hit you right in your face. And then you want, obviously, you want to avoid getting hit in the face because like it's where your brain is. And then A, you could get a concussion and B, you can get knocked out. And then there's jabs, which is typically with your non-dominant hand. And it's not as hard as a real punch. And then there are hooks, 
where you come around, like bring it around town. And then you have uppercuts, which is like a hook, but up. And then you can have a TKO, which is a technical knockout. And then you can have a regular knockout in boxing. And then you have to go as many rounds until you win. Okay, I don't know anything about boxing, so that sounded pretty good to me. Most of those things I think are accurate. So if someone knows boxing, please tell us if that was pretty good. I actually got this question from Isaac. He actually wanted me to ask you specifically about a slip in boxing. Do you know what a slip in boxing A slip? Yeah. No, like a pink slip? Just kidding, that's when you get fired. (laughs) No, I don't know what a slip is. Is that like an advanced like dodging move? When you're like in a corner and then you get out of the corner and then you bam, 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 you hit the other person in the corner. Apparently, according to him, it's like when you're here, right? So then you're the one that's getting like hit, but you manage to slip to the side of them. And since their momentum is still being towards where you used to be, then you can like slip and hit. That's literally what I just said. I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay. Are you ready for your next topic? I think so. How does the internet actually work? One minute, go. Okay, so the internet is a massive network of servers and computers and other enabled devices. And so all of this information is stored at remote locations and you're essentially just like activating it and connecting it with your device. And it's the internet, which is why it's in between all of these different people because you can have an intranet, which is like a closed off local thing So think of it as like computers in your house. So if you wanted to like share files privately between the people in your house, that would be more of an intranet, whereas the internet is between different networks. And so that's how you're able to access all of these different things. And ultimately is why like no person controls the internet and you have to have internet service providers. So essentially people who can help you get access to the internet. Because I mean, technically... I feel like the internet is free because it's just there. Jeffrey, can you come and fact check him on that? He's like our computer guy, which I feel like maybe he knows about the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's a wild place, man. It's, it's a wild place. I still don't fully understand how it, how it works. I think we need a whole episode just on how the internet works. It's really breaking down the history of the internet. Yes. I'm so confused. Why is it after you said it should be free? I was like, wait, why is it not free? <laughs> I'm just saying it's just a network. A big old network. Maybe people are paying for the servers somewhere. I don't know. Like the cooling and all the things like that. Okay, so I'm going to say that you have a working knowledge. Or did you make that up? No, all those things I said were true. Intranet, okay. it would just be a private like version of the internet. Internet is public. You've never heard of an intranet? So intranet, is that like my Wi-Fi like in my home? That's an intranet? Mm, no, because you're, no, you're still accessing like the literal internet. Like an intranet would not, you can't use like Wi-Fi. I mean, you could use like wireless. Your devices could talk wirelessly, but uh-huh. no, like using a router would make it an internet. Oh. Because you're using the internet, like the Wi-Fi. And you'd be able, if you can like access like Facebook, then it's the internet. If you're only able to access the files that are on your home network, that would mm-hmm. be an intranet. So if somehow your laptop was connected to Isaac's laptop and it was connected to your phones and those were the only devices that were talking to each other and you could only access files that were available between those three devices, that's an intranet. Are you ready for your next topic? Sorry, the wheel spun. It did it. It's a bonus. 
that was a bonus, bonus question right there. That was like some bonus. That was some bonus information because I just needed an education on that real quick. Okay. See, some of these questions are also questions that I just like don't fully understand. So that's why I wanted to know, does Chris know so he can explain it to me? Our next <laughs> one is, how does the stock market work? Oh, did the time start? Time starts now. Great. Well, the stock market's a scam. But at a base level, it is where people buy parts of a company. And so essentially, it is a company selling off parts of itself so that it can raise money to do stuff. So if the company needs to invest in some infrastructural thing as a company, the the stock market was created as a way, like essentially, like the act of selling stocks was created for a company to raise capital to make certain moves, as opposed to like, if you consider, oh, I'd have to otherwise wait for enough of profit to generate from like sales and revenue in order to make infrastructural changes. So the exchange of stocks allows you to essentially sell away a part of your company so that you can get a bit more of an immediate gratification or like a large sum of money in a short amount of time. And then the stock market is really just like the commercial exchange of stocks of different companies. But then how do they determine like how much a stock is? I would imagine that it has to do with the valuation of the company. So like how much the company is worth. But then you have like companies like Facebook that they don't really have a service, right? I mean, they don't have a good. They still make money off of ads and things of that nature. So even if it's something that is free, there's always some monetization happening. Mm -mm -mm. So on Facebook, it's through ads. So then on YouTube, right? Our creators. Okay. So then our creators paid through the ads or they paid through like the stock valuation. They would be paid through, so creators are paid through their views and the views are part, are funded in part by ads. So like creators are not, unless they're getting a direct, unless they have a direct partnership. So if someone like literally like in their video says, you should check out da 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 da. That's because that product has like directly funded that video. Oh, I see. I see. However, when the video like stops in the middle and there's an ad, it's because that creator has chosen to monetize their page, which they can only do after you've reached a certain number of subscribers and views per video. And so essentially YouTube has says you have enough videos to where us paying you to put an ad in your video would generate enough traffic that that company would be willing to pay for that ad. What? Yeah. So it's nothing to do with stocks. The stocks have more to do with like the company needs to spend money to like upgrade their servers or make other upgrades. Okay. Last two topics. Are you ready, Chris? Oh, wait, hold on. No, that sounded real. Was that real? I think it was all real. Okay. I was like, please tell me that was real. Cause I actually understood that. So <laughs> it also could have been like a, it's probably a wildly oversimplification, oversimplification of the stock market. If someone else is has a working knowledge of the stock market and would like to come on the show, let us know. Don't come on the show. Just talk to Emma. I don't want to hear about stocks. It's such a boring topic. I just want to know how I can make money. Scared money don't make money. That's all I know. But <laughs> tell me where I should put my less scared money then. Okay. Our next, our second to last topic is you have one minute starting after I read the title. The moons of Jupiter. Go. Okay, so Jupiter, this is a whole, oh my God, it's sketchy. So Jupiter is named after the Roman king of the gods. So like Zeus is probably the more common name. Jupiter was his Roman counterpart name. And so all of the, this is the part that gets a little sketchy. 
all of the moons of Jupiter are named after all of the people that Jupiter seduced as no! a god. <laughs> all of them. So there's one that's called Io, which was the one that he had to turn into a cow to hide from Hera, who was trying to get her. And then there's Ganymede, which is the boy that he stole from his dad and gave him like four cows or a horse. And like, he was like, oh man, I took your son. But here, here's some livestock because, you know, in ancient times, we was trading livestock for people. And so then Ganymede became one of the cupbearers of the gods. And then there's another moon that is covered in ice, but it has oceans in it. And so we explore it because we're looking for life there. I should have just put a whole topic on mythology because I actually really like hearing Chris talk about mythology because he knows so much about it. I don't know if those moons are real. I know that those things are real with like the people that he seduced. Yeah, Io and Ganymede are both moons of Jupiter. (laughs) Also, Ganymede's, that's why Ganymede's the only masculine, technically masculine named moon of Jupiter because that was the only man that Jupiter seduced was Ganymede. Well, the only named man that Jupiter seduced. And I, don't know. I think Je- I think Jupiter was out there, which then it makes sense why that's like where we're looking for life, right? Because it looks like a crater, so it's a cup. I think that might have been a stretch. Oh, I think so. they just named them after the all of the people that he had been with. Dang! Like, can you imagine? Like, Hera's out here, just like I tried to stop all of this. <laughs> He's just sometimes, but like she would try to stop it with like murder, <laughs> and not murder of Jupiter. She would try to murder the people that Jupiter was seducing, as if mm. they chose it. Mm. It's not like he was like flashing his wedding ring and was like, ooh, let's let's hook up. Like he would just show up as a handsome single man and then he would seduce these people and then Hera would show up and he'd be like, oops, I got to hide you. So I'm going to turn you into a cow. And Hera would be like, what are you doing? And he's like, walking my cow. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) The cow turns around. (laughs) I just like, moo, moo, moo. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really sassy cow. Hmm. Why that cow so pretty? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now our last topic in honor of our co-host. You have one minute to talk about yourself and be and let us see if you're an expert on yourself. (laughs) One minute starting now. Okay, so I was born on a very stormy night in the ocean, but it was also very clear, and so the stars were out. And so it was rainy and stormy and the boat was, you know, the boat was rocking and it helped with the birthing process. And so then we got back to the lands and the shores of where I came to be raised. And so we moved and it was a really good time. And then I have siblings. So they were also born, but not the same way because that was exhausting and no one wants to do that twice. And Then I went to school where I had a mostly good time some of the times, most of the times, and I learned how to read, And but I didn't learn Spanish. Instead, I learned a little bit of Latin and some French and sometimes Portuguese, but I never (laughs) learned Spanish. But I live in a place where everyone speaks Spanish, so that was lots of fun, and that's me. (laughs) Not the... Not that I didn't learn Spanish or the, <laughs> or the rocking of the boat helping with birthing a baby. I don't think that that's one of the ways that they say is easy to birth a baby. <laughs> Go on a cruise on a stormy night. <laughs> Instead of getting motion sickness, you'll have a baby. So I'm going to say that first half was wrong. The other half was correct. <laughs> it's just creative, you know, uh, artistic okay. license. At first I was like, am I listening? 
Am I listening to the beginning of Hercules? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Okay. Oh my goodness. Well, happy birthday, Christopher. I hope that this is your best year yet in your years of life. Congratulations. Your prefrontal cortex is almost fully developed. <laughs> I thought I stopped at 25. I've been reading differing reports that said 25 to 28. <laughs> Okay, well, honestly, they need to make up their mind because it's too much. <laughs> so, thank you for playing expert, Crispert. This was fun. I hope you had fun sharing your knowledge of all of the different things about the world and how it works. I think I did pretty good overall. I think you did too. I think there was only one that was like... Which one was that? Me? The memes. Oh, yeah. I, th- I, I made that up. I don't know. But it sounded good to me. So, I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> Boom. Well, now it is time for our... Rapid fire question. I'll go ahead and open the floor since you are here. You're just starting us off. What you got today? I'm going to start us off. I'm going to start us off strong. Christopher, it is your 28th birthday. Our goal for this year, and you had said, was that you wanted to get out there, socialize, partnerize. So let the people know, what is your ideal first date? I think it would have something to do with food. In part, because we can get the vegetarian thing out of the way pretty early on. It's not a, just figure that out. It's not going to be a deal breaker. Be done with that immediately. It's and ideal, also, Christopher. That is ideal. It's going to go well. It's going to go well. So don't, don't put that energy out there. It's going well. It's because I need to learn about these people. So I need to see the, like, the behaviors that they have. So like, do we have similar table manners? Hmm. Mm. How are we treating the staff at this restaurant? Mm. Mm-hmm. What about tipping? How's tipping going? In fact, how is payment going? Are you passing the bill? Are we split? Like, what's going on? Are you treating? Like, how do this... What's going on here? What does your tipping look like? What are you doing afterwards? Because if there's unnecessary pressure, it's a no-go. Mm-hmm. And so really just figuring out like that, I think it would really just be like a dinner, maybe something... I don't know. I could do like a comedy show after, before or after something mm-hmm. fun, light. I don't think a, maybe a movie. I don't know. Cause then I feel like we'd have to watch the movie first. So then you can actually talk about the movie. Yeah. And then you're in a place for like almost two hours with a person in the dark, which is kind of weird for a first date. Cause it's then it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't even see you. Like, this is weird, but like the after part. So I don't know. Maybe if we'd both recently seen a movie would probably be better, but like, I don't know. I just, dinner, I think, is a good, solid go-to. There's a lot you can learn about a person based on how they act in public. Hmm. Mm, True, true. If you could go back and redo your first date with Isaac. Oh, I wouldn't get pneumonia, that's for sure. (laughs) How did you get pneumonia? You went to In-N-Out. We did not go to In-N-Out. We went to the beach. Oh, you went to the beach. That's right. We went to the beach in November. I don't know where this this In-N-Out narrative came from. First of all, that's rude AF. I know we paid, but that was not our first date. We were also poor in high school, though, so we could not have afforded two meals at In-N-Out. We went to the beach. In November. In November and got into the water fully clothed. Idiot. And got pneumonia. (laughs) got pneumonia. That was not... So I think if I were to go back... Yeah, it'd probably be dinner. I think like our first official official date though was at this really cute Mexican restaurant. But we had already been dating by that point for like four or five months. But we like saved all our money so we could go on this like nice date. Oh, so I'm hearing is ideally, yeah, would have more money to do something like being big <laughs> for the first one. Yes. Because also you can be out here just wasting on someone that might may or may not have worked out. Exactly. Can't just be like you know when you're 16, you got to make some decisions already. Do a cost a cost risk analysis. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to do something free first, see if you're even worth it. 
facts. Okay, what's your question today? My question is, if you were entering a baking contest, what would be the recipe that you would bring? Like, what are you baking in this contest? A baking, it's any kind of ba- it's any kind of baking? It's a baked good contest. Um, I would either bring, can I give two? <laughs> either or. Sure. The first one would be my grandma's strawberry cheesecake bites. Mm-hmm. She was like known for these strawberry cheesecake bites. The second one would be my best friend from middle school, Carly, her mom's chocolate dessert that we used to like, now I realize how problematic it is, but we used to call it chocolate crack because <laughs> it was like so good. I don't even know what it's in it, but the mom would like, her mom would like make it for me even when I wasn't in Hawaii or like anytime I'd go back to Hawaii, her mom would make me a batch and I'd take it back to California with me. How, how would you take that to the baking contest if you can't bake it? She has the recipe. Do you have the recipe? She says she would share it with me when I got married. I'm married now. <laughs> oh, so you're waiting. You're trying to collect on the recipe. Yes, I'm waiting on that one. See, that's why I was like the cho- the strawberry cheesecake bites. Like, I know that one. Which I've also never had. I'm just saying. How rude. Oh, sorry. Yep. What about you? <laughs> Baking is not my strong suit. <laughs> so I would do my best. And I would make my mom's peanut butter cookies. You're good at that one, though. I would do my best. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, though. That's it. <laughs> the peanut butter cookies are it. All of my everything else, mediocre at best on a good day. <laughs> but the peanut butter cookies, I'm like, no, no, I'm good at that. So yes. I, I got one thing going for me, baking-wise, <laughs> and that's it. Oh, my God. I'm dead. But in any case, I appreciate it. It's going to be lots of fun. And again, it's going to be a wonderful year. Just like all the other ones, but like a little upgraded because that's what we do out here. Just make it a little bit better every time. So with that, Emma, where can people find the podcast? You can find our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at The Tea with Crema. You can also like our page on Facebook, The Tea with Crema. If you'd like to listen to our podcast, you can listen to it anywhere that we stream podcasts and YouTube. And if you'd like to leave us a tip, we have a Venmo at The Tea with Crema. We hope to see you next time. Bye. That felt like a question the entire time. Is that where we leave the things? It's because I added the Facebook. The Facebook threw me off. Usually I can just go through it, but now I have to be like, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Are you going to stop recording? Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry.